Hi guys, it's Real Talk with Tracy. What do I want to talk about today? I'm going to talk about the dogs that I've had in my life. As a little girl, I always wanted stuffed animals more than Barbies. I was always really an animal person and I had terrible allergies. So I really couldn't have a dog. Uh, For a short time, we had an English sheepdog. Um, I remember my parents bought me a Chinese crescent dog. They were like, they look naked and they have that little tuff of hair on the top of their head. And I remember being in the car and that little tuff of hair rubbing on my chin and I broke out in this huge rash. And before I could even get home, they had to bring the dog back. My allergies were just so bad. So when I got to be an adult and... You know, just from growing older and taking antihistamines and life experience and being around different types of dogs, it was such a passion of mine and such a a great desire that I found some breeds that I was not allergic to. The first one being a Portuguese water dog. They are so cute. They they have a non-shed coat. And I got a hold of a breeder. Um, It's not like you could just go down to your nearest shelter and get a Portuguese water dog. Really, at that time, uh, you had to go through a breeder. You probably still do. Um, We got videos of these beautiful dogs. And I got the one that was not show quality. And he wasn't show quality because he was brown, but he had pink lips and green eyes and he was the cutest thing ever and I'm looking at a picture right now in my hallway of me holding him oh gosh this must have been going back 25 30 years anyways he was an incredible dog and he started to develop all sorts of health problems and at one point his eyelids started turning in to where the hair was going inside the eye. It was called entropion. And the vet told me it's a progressive disease and you know, his the muscles is wasting in his head. And you guys, I got his eyelids completely reconstructed. I would have paid anything to keep this dog alive. I was so in love with Rico. He was so important in my life. We don't have kids. It was my life stream, and he was only about five years old. I got him when he was a puppy. He came from Colorado, and he was just the loveliest, beautiful thing. Um, beautiful shade of brown with like a big white patch on his chest and white little paws, and so affectionate and so beautiful, and I loved the way he smelled. So I had his eyelids reconstructed. And little did I know until after his death that Rico had Addison's disease, which was very prevalent in Portuguese water dogs. So I had taken him to three different vets. Nobody brought up Addison's disease. We were living in a townhouse and I was so proud because my husband and I finally bought a house with a really big yard and wanted the big yard for Rico, call him Mr. Rico wanted that big yard for Mr. Rico. And before we even moved, Mr. Rico didn't make it to our new house. He started having bladder stones and he started 
you know, eliminating pee around the house. He started dripping blood. I brought him to another veterinarian that said, you know, it's a really simple surgery. We're just going to go in. We're going to take out these bladder stones. So after the surgery, they were telling me he wouldn't eat, which is a really bad sign. Um, I went in, I brought chicken soup, I brought peanut butter. His, his mouth was completely clenched closed. And I wish at that point I would have known more. Instead of the vets trying to keep him alive just to like milk the money for me, I wish I would have known more and I wish I would have given him a calm exit by putting him to sleep. But I didn't, guys. And it kills me, even now, even all these years. Um, You know, they called us in the middle of the night. He was moaning. He was laying on a table. They told us that his kidneys were shutting down. Um, And then a few hours later, after we got home, they called to tell us he died. And he died a painful death. And I hate myself at times for not realizing that I had a sick, ill dog that was just having more and more and more and more problems. He couldn't keep up on walks. He had kind of a big, like, ball of fat under his skin where his chest was. There was all sorts of signs besides the muscle-wasting disease, besides urinating blood. There was all these signs that told me, this is a very ill dog. And I wish to God... I would have put him down. I wish, I wish, I would have given my Rico a peaceful exit, guys. But unfortunately, I didn't know any better. I had an autopsy done on him. And it came back that he had some kind of an infection. The guy that did the autopsy called me and he said, I never do this. I am not supposed to talk to you. Please don't tell anybody that I called you, but I want you to know that they did not do a very good job with the surgery and he already had an infection. And this was just a short time after his surgery. So I got Rico cremated, um, wound up refusing to pay any of the other bills, which they did not contest. And my heart was broken. It was broke. I mean, I had such pain in my chest. I've never felt this kind of pain before. And it was horrible. And time went by. And I still had so much love to give. And I took a test on the internet. And the test said, you know, all these different things about where you live and and what your yard is like and what, you know, the people that live with you and do you have little children? Do you have big children? Are you home this many hours a day? Are you home that many hours a day? So I took this test. Seemed like it went on forever. And it popped up that my ideal dog, especially for someone with allergies, would be to get a Bouvier. A Bouvier de Flandres, a Belgian sheepdog. So again, I'm going for the rare breed You can't just find them on the street corner. Can't just find them on Craigslist. You can't just find them in the shelter. So I got a Bouvier. We wound up flying up to to Reno, Nevada. And I remember when I saw videos of this Bouvier, 
Um, they were fostering the dog. The dog got huge. It was like 120 pounds. The mother thought the dog was too big. And they wanted to place the dog with a nice family. Okay, the dog was panting a lot. And I thought to myself, huh, that's kind of unusual. If the dog's not running around, I wonder why why the dog is panting a lot. Okay, so long story short, we went up there, we got the dog, we, I think we either flew the dog home or drove the dog home. Anyway, it was a big to-do and we were totally in love with him and his name was Frazier and he looked like a huge bear and he was lovely and loving and very calm as far as Bouvier's go and he had Cushing's disease. So he was on daily medications. We wanted to get him a friend. We got him a friend, another Bouvier, um, that somebody was trying to rehome, and her name was Tango. And she was also really big, probably about 100 pounds. So, long story short, Frazier wound up getting extremely sick, and I had to put him to sleep. I had to euthanize him. I was there with him in the room, and I want to tell you, it was the calmest most caring, loving, unselfish thing I could do for my dog. It tore me up, but I gave him a peaceful, calm, pain-free exit. And then Tango's driving in the car with me one day and, you know, every time she lays down on her bed at home, she's making a sound. She'd lay down and go, mm, and I'm like, that's not normal. So I had taken her to the vet. I took her to another vet. Nobody picked up what it was. All right. She wound up having cancer. So at a stop light, which I'm telling you, when I stopped, she had a harness on and I was driving extremely slowly. She broke her leg in my back back seat. She had just come from the groomers. Thank God it didn't happen to the groomers. But her leg just broke like a potato chip, her whole femur. So I took her to the vet. The vet was closing. I had to take her to a specialist. I go to the specialist. I'm begging them for pain medication for her. I'm absolutely bawling on the phone with my friend Kim. My husband's out of, out of town or out of the country on some business trip. I'm all by myself. And I'm looking on my phone. I'm doing research. Like if a dog breaks its leg this, this easily, it must be because it's just ravaged with cancer. I'm weighing out the options. This little... Uh, veterinarian comes and she says to me well here's the estimate uh it's gonna be seven thousand dollars and we're gonna remove your dog's leg and then we're gonna send it to pathology and your dog is gonna have to be in a crate for six months only let out to go to the bathroom and I thought to myself this is freaking torture I would never do this to my dog I love my dog why would I do this it probably has cancer. She probably has cancer. It's probably spread. From everything I was reading, I sat there for hours. I was bawling. I was crying. I was on my phone. I was having to make a decision in her best interest. Not what I wanted. 
I made the decision for her, guys. And I said to that vet, who was a total bitch to me, and said, don't you care about your dog? And I said, you know what? How dare you? Yes, I love my dog. And that's why you're going to march yourself right back in there. You are going to be as kind and as warm and as loving as you can when you put my dog down. And just do not say another word to me, lady. And I wound up calling a couple days later and having a talk with the people that own that veterinary clinic. You know, I mean, what? She had a, a Mercedes payment she needed to make? I mean, there was no feeling, there was no empathy, there was no love, there was no understanding, there was nothing coming from this vet. It was very calculated, it was very ice cold, and it really pissed me off. And I gotta tell you, I talked to my regular vet a day later, and she said, you did the right thing, Tracy. Unbelievable that they would say, with a dog that broke their femur at a stoplight. I mean, not even a sharp stop. I'm just talking like I was driving maybe like 20 or 15 miles an hour. It was a little tiny stop. And the whole leg just breaks. I mean, it was just hanging. So she said, how dare her to, to, to even suggest that? She's like, that is horrible. Of course you did the right thing. So then again, guys, heartbroken, heartbroken. Oh my God. So I'm reaching out online and I find this lady and she's kind enough to give me her ex-show dog who was a freaking amazing Bouvier. Huge, huge, huge teddy bear. A huge puff of curly black and gray love. I could take her to the park. Her name was Philly. And I got her. She was probably, I don't know, five or six years old. I could take her to the park and she would play with a Yorkie. And she would just lay there and just kind of move her paw a little bit. She looked really intimidating because she was so big. People would see me coming and kind of, oh, shit, move out of the way. But she was, oh, my God. She was an amazing dog, cuddler, just smart. She knew all of her commands, but she had a little incontinence, guys, because she was an older female. She was an ex-show dog. And so when I got her, she was a little drippy. And I'm like, oh, shit, this is terrible. What what am I going to do? I don't want to give her back. So I put her on medication and she stopped, she stopped dripping. She was really good. And then about four or five years later, she got incredibly sick. And you know what? I can't even keep up with all the diagnosis, but they told me it was time. So, oh yeah. And she was like projectile vomiting. She was like vomiting everywhere, every day. Like this went on day after day after day after day and I was doing the steamed rice and I was doing, you know, boiled chicken and she was a very sick dog too and I just think that some of these breeds, they're just bred too tight and they have all of these genetic problems so I got another dog 
I saw a picture on Pet Finder, and it was a very blurry picture, but it was of my dog, Sammy. He's a terrier mix. And so not to make this podcast really long, I think I could probably go into Sammy's rescue story at another time. But Sammy, well, I'll tell you a little bit. How's that? He was in the middle of Lancaster. I couldn't even get cell, you know, reception on my phone. I was like just passing cactus after cactus after cactus. There was no McDonald's. I had a pee. There was nowhere to stop for me to pee. I get to this place and it is scary. It is like a very rundown, um, privately owned compound. It was spooky. This lady comes out. She lets me in and then locks the gate behind me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, shit. I hope she's not like an axe murderer or something. And I'm holding up my phone. I can't get a signal. Anyways, they let him out. And another dog attacks him and tears his ear. So now I have this poor dog with a bloody ear that is shaking its head. And the blood is going all over me like a Pollock painting. If you've ever seen that painter that paints and it just looks like someone took a brush and dipped it and then like threw it on the canvas. So I literally had blood speckled all over my shirt, all over my clothes, all over my face, all over my hair. His ear was bleeding. It wasn't stopping. She, and I swear to God, this is true, took scissors and cut off a piece of his hair on his tail and took crazy glue, yes, I am not making this up, and glued the little the little um, area where he was bleeding on his ear, glued it shut. And I thought, this is nuts. I have freaking got to get out of here. So I gave her an extra $100 and I'm like just pleading with her to let me leave. So we're, we're taking gauze and, and wrapping it around the dog's head I take him through the desert in my car to an emergency vet where they stitch up his ear and I find out he is a total mess. The cutest dog you've ever seen. I'm going to put a picture of him with this podcast. He is a mess. He's a mess physically. He's a mess psychologically. He's never had a toy. He doesn't like men. He had BBs in his chest because somebody was using him for target practice. Oh my God. And my husband would come home and he would be growling and barking at my husband. And my husband was like, Trace, I mean, I'm working so damn hard. And it's like, I come home to my house and I can't even be comfortable in my own home. You got to get rid of this dog. And... Who was going to take this dog with all these issues? Nobody. So slowly, 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 and my husband is the best. He would give treats to Sammy. And one day, Sammy stopped growling. And one day, Jay was laying down and Sammy jumped up on the bed. And he laid on Jay's chest. And he licked Jay's face. And guess what, guys? It's nine or ten years later. They've been best friends ever since. Okay, so I told you the story, but I condensed it. 
So then after getting him, my husband was traveling extensively on business. He was going to like Korea for a month and then he'd go to the Philippines for three weeks. And, you know, this wasn't his choice. This was just his job, right? So he was going a lot and I was very alone and I was getting really depressed and really sad. And I wound up getting another dog and I found her at the Palmdale shelter. Um, She was a stray that took off running after the 4th of July. She's a cute little terrier, fluffy mix. Again, full of anxiety, total total psychological mess. But she wound up acclimating to us, and she is the most loving, adorable, just, she just owns both of them. Jeez, they both own part of my heart. So I'll tell you what I'm going through now. Um, Sammy has a really bad shaky back leg. He's always had kind of a quiver, almost like Parkinson's disease. And I have him on gabapectin and carprofen. And he's seen a couple different vets. I've, I've gotten some different opinions. And lately he's been having seizures. Um, they're going a couple months apart. And it's very scary because I see him like laying out in the backyard and his head is all cocked weird. And, you know, he's shaking. And the other dog is like over there licking his face going, what the hell? is going on and I the other day I thought he died I ran out the back um and you know I held his face in my hands and I just kept talking to him and petting him and he was like somewhere else his eyes were all like weird and he was shaking and he wasn't focusing and and then all of a sudden slowly he started focusing and it's like oh mommy's here so I asked him if he wanted some peanut butter and he looked at me like, hell yes. So we came in the house. He followed me back in the house and I talked to the vet. I'm bringing him in next week for a full blood panel and urinary analysis. It looks like he has either, oh gosh, diabetes, kidney or liver disease or brain tumor. So all I can tell you is... There will come a time when I'll have to say goodbye to him, and it, I refuse to let him suffer. I see people with these dogs that are in such pain. They're limping around and stuff, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's okay. They have a little more ways to go. And it's like, you know what? Don't be selfish, and don't feel guilty. Dogs aren't made to live as long as us guys. They're special creatures and we have to treat them with a lot of love and respect and we have to honor them. When they're getting really sick and they're getting in pain, the nicest, caring, selfless thing you could do is to be able to put your dog into an overdose situation where they just fall asleep and finally their heart stops. I know it's hard. I've talked to so many people online trying to help them, you know, psychologically through the process. But I want you to know it's okay. It is okay to let your dog go because you don't want memories of them suffering. And on top of it, there is always going to be another dog waiting in the wings that needs you. Don't ever forget that. 
they are a gift. I hope if you have your dog that you're treating your dog with love. I hope your dog is in at night with you. I hope you're not one of these people who just buy a dog and shove it in the backyard or keep it chained up. That kind of shit sucks and I hate it. I've rehomed dogs that have lived around here in bad conditions. I don't know what people are thinking. But if you make a commitment and get a dog, you have to commit all the way, all the way to the end. That's what you have to do. That's the right thing to do. Anyways, this is Real Talk with Tracy. Thank you for letting me share my stories about my dogs. And I call my podcast the No Bullshit Zone. And the reason why is that I just want to be real with you guys. Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasts with a lot of stories of my life experience. If it helps anybody, that's a blessing. Take care, everybody. Stay safe. Bye for now. Bye-bye.